Welcome to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, where modern portfolio theory can suck it. A student of the school of Graham and Doddsville and a clergy member of the Church of Warren Buffett, here's your host, Eric Schlein. Hi, this is Eric Schlein. You're listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, and we have David Flood back on. David, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on the show, Eric. Absolutely. Now, what do you want to look at today? So today I thought we could look at a company called Video Display Corp, ticker symbol V-I-D-E. Interesting. This is one that and by the way, guys, the- for, for those who don't know David, he is a private, investi- uh, private investor. I, I was just about to say private investigator. For the last show, we just said private <laughs> investor. Private investor from the UK, and you run elementary value blog and uh so you do a lot of you know you buy a lot of these tiny little companies so what's the company that you want to bring up today so it's video display cop uh ticker symbol v-i-d-e this one floats on the -the over-the-counter markets it's a a pink current um so what's the deal with this this one? one this one um they they basically do video simulation products and video displays um so they will do stuff for like they will do like simulation uh installations for like the military and aerospace and stuff you know for like people that are training to fly planes or things like that for the government uh, and then they'll do kind of big video display units that could be installed in like um uh, you know like you'd see in like nasa in the like the 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 control room you've got all the kind of video displays and stuff like that they do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um and this one it was the price chart basically that picked my interest on this one um if you pull up the long range price chart, you'll see it's just building a, a perfect base it has been for the past kind of five years where it's just sat perfectly bouncing along on support and low volume um that really excited me as soon as i saw that um and then also it's a very small company it's 5.9 million market cap it's got a float of about five and a half million shares it's got a lot of hair on it this company though it's 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 got a lot of liabilities. It's got book value of three point two eight million, but then it's got total liabilities of four point five two million. It's only got seventy three thousand dollars in cash. It made net income of sixty seven thousand dollars last year, and the, the previous three years it was loss making. So it's got a lot of hair on it. So why but do you like it? Um, I like it because of two reasons. One, the price chart. Um, when I see a company like that that's hit support and volumes dropped off and it's just bouncing along and doing nothing, um, people that study this kind of thing will know that that's basically what what's called the accumulation period, uh, where people will just be picking up the shares in the stock, and at some point the stock will end up moving up and will be materially higher than where it is now. Um, so I started to dig into the company a bit more, and I found out the CEO owns about forty nine percent of the company. So he doesn't want to see the company go under anytime soon. The company's been around for quite a while now. Um, it was founded in 1975. So that indicates to me that it's it's managed to struggle along for all these years. It'll keep going a bit longer. And then I started looking a bit more into the company and I found out that they they divested a lot of their old legacy businesses back in around 2014. Um, because prior to that, in the 90s, they'd really kind of expanded over the decades from when they'd formed and they'd start doing a lot of different things. Um, and I guess they'd kind of uh, diversified where they'd, they'd kind of got their fingers in too many pies and things hadn't worked out. 
so they scaled a lot of it back. They they sold off a lot of the legacy businesses and paid down some debt. And then I also read that they'd started to move into a new sector. Of, they'd start to move into cybersecurity uh, for the defense industry. And I read that they'd kind of um, they had this unit where they can test the computer systems. Uh, so they're basically of a standard that they could be used by Homeland Security. So I thought, wow, that sounds pretty interesting. That could end up being quite a lucrative business in the future. And it's only been a few years, really, since they've started moving into this new kind of area. And they've been loss making for the last three years and then just turned a profit. Um, and the, the, the stock price is just sat doing nothing. It's just bouncing along. No one's interested in this. company. So in this case, it's that you actually see the future could be better than the recent past, even though the price to book value ratio is high. Mm, yeah, I think th- there's a different way of thinking about a stock being cheap. Some people will sure. think a stock's cheap based on the numbers. I I agree with well, that. I know we've health. talked about that. You typically yeah. look for low p, you know, price to book companies mm-hmm. that are. So that this is a little bit different. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. So this, I would just say, it's cheap based upon where it's sat on the price chart. So when you look at these really long range price charts that go back decades and decades, you you kind of learn about the company's past. You see that it's had periods where things have gone well. Maybe they've developed new products and, and things have done well. They've taken off and the market's responded. So volumes increased, the share price has gone up and then they've fallen on hard times again and they've had to sell off a load of old businesses, pay down debt and then it's gone quiet. Nothing's happening. But yet the stock hasn't gone to zero. It's sat on support and it's just bouncing along and it's been doing this since about early to mid 2015. So that is, that's really when I like to buy, when no one's paying any attention to the company. They've either forgotten about it or they've left it for dead. I'll, I'll always check on the stock chat boards with these companies as well. Uh-huh. And the ones that I get the most excited about are the ones where no one's talking about it. Mm. You might get uh, like an automated service that puts out like uh, they've really put out a press release or this, but no humans are actually on there typing about the company saying, Mm, this looks interesting or something's happening right. they're the ones i think are the most interesting where there's no sign of life no one is interested in the company no one cares about the company that's when i become most interested in them now are outsiders Hello? buying at all um as of recently i've not seen much in the way of insider buying um but given the fact that the ceo owns so much already it's not surprising that they haven't bought more um, and the, it looks like the company last year was buying back stock, though. Yeah, in the past, they have done a bit of uh, buying back. I don't know whether they're still doing that at the minute or whether it's been put on hold. Well, it looks um, like for... Um, hmm. I'm not sure. I'll have to uh, look into that. Um, but certainly at these levels... Yeah, where it, looks it, is like, on... it looks like they stopped around mid-2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the fact that it's sat doing nothing on the price chart um, and it's building this long-term base and then the fact that they they did divest a lot of these old businesses and they've started moving into this new sector was something that really interested me. And it's also got a a lot of weird kind of subsidiaries. Often with these companies, they're so strange. If you pull up the company website, you'll see it's got kind of – a few subsidiaries and you can go to their websites and these companies I love are the ones where the websites look like they're from like the 1980s. They've like, you know, they've never been updated, but it's got like a subsidiary that makes like these kind of special keyboards that would be used in like military installations or, you know, pretty bad website. 
Yeah. They do have an investor. Uh, they do have an investor section on the website, though. Yeah, yeah, we're blessed kind with of hilarious. that. So they have all these little subsidiaries that make all these other kind of strange little components and devices. And I always think with these companies, you know, they're being left for dead, and it looks like nothing good is ever going to happen with this company again. But all it takes is just for a big order to come in with one of their subsidiaries or the main company, just for something to happen. And when they have these when they're making products that are used in like aerospace and the military and stuff like that, the government, you can get these big orders that can materialize out of nowhere. And then you'll see the share price will just kind of take off. Right. Uh, I mean, you've seen this a lot with the, the stocks that Dan Shun owns. Uh, he had it recently with bio America that just kind of the share price just exploded off the back of, it was just basically the fact that they were supplying some uh, materials that would be used for, you know, the coronavirus outbreak. Right. And the share price, it ran up into the 20s and it had been sat at kind of like 2 or $3. So you only really get that with these tiny little companies. You, you just don't see that with the big companies. So that's why I'm buying these ones where they're just kind of sat doing nothing and no one's interested in them. No, you're right. So it says the company's organized into five interrelated operations. So they have a bunch of different little things they do. The funniest part of their website is that on the investor section, it says share price, and underneath underneath the share price, it says license error. AppKey has reached the call <laughs> limit. Please contact info at stockdeo.com for details. <laughs> they don't give a shit. But that's the, that's the good thing. These companies, that they're almost they're so bad that even value investors don't want to look at them. It's like no value investor would even like look at these companies. They right. just stare clear of them. So it's literally there's no one looking at them, and they're the kind of companies that I want to look now at. The other thing, the other thing the, that's interesting too is the the CEO, executive chairman, and treasurer. He does all three things. He mm-hmm, was born yeah. in 1942, so mm-hmm. it also could be a so, situation where the guy retires sometime and then sells it. Exactly, you could end up with a buyout. I mean, this happens a lot in the over-the-counter markets where you'll see a buyout could come in way above the share price, the current share price, just because someone thinks, well, I could buy this company in and actually, you know, fire a few people. I'm, I'm looking at the board right now, it. and the the youngest member on the board is the or the youngest key executive is the controller, and he's born mm-hmm. in 1967. Everyone else is either born in the 50s or the 40s. Yeah. This is just like a perfect setup, I think, with a company like this where – You've got the potential for something exciting to happen if something takes off with the product. You've got a potential for some kind of change within the company if there's a leadership change. There's all kinds of things that can happen. And where the price is at the minute, it's either the company dies or things improve and the share price moves up. But the fact that it's kind of sat and it's built this base and it's not gone to zero, that provides encouragement. And then also, as I said before, the, the fact that they've moved into the cybersecurity area is something that really interests me as well. Yeah. Because these companies, that's what they do. They have to evolve or die. So in the end, they will try something. Uh, they'll maybe try and move to a new kind of field, a new product line. Um, as you say, like the old CEO, he might pass on and then someone new comes in and shakes things up. That's all that's needed with these companies. And as soon as there's some sign of change or some some chance for an improvement in the company, the market will rush back in. But the time to be buying now is when no one's paying any attention to the company. No one is talking about it on any of the chat boards. I've not heard anyone mention this company. Well, you know um, you know what's weird about this business? Mm. Is that I, I just went on Yahoo Finance and typed it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's a... So Yahoo does this thing where it says people also watch. So like if you type mm-hmm. in a company, you can see what other people are also searching for who look at yeah. that company. 
So the mm-hmm. very first one is another company from a previous episode, TSR. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that that tells you there's basically a, a, a handful of people like myself, probably, that are looking at these same kind of companies. Um, they, I'll, I'll tell you the businesses. It's TSR, mm-hmm. uh, Orbit International, yeah, uh, Uni- Unico American Corporation. Oh, I don't know that one. Uh, RF Industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that one, yeah. And Image Sensing Systems. Mm-hmm. I know that one as well, yeah. Yeah, so those are the ones that come up. Yeah, I think you get a small. There's a small group of people that have kind of they they've 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 studied the kind of the Ted Warren approach of using these long range price charts, and they've they've kind of they've figured out that it's a, a really good approach to use. And then often you'll get other people that maybe not they've not even looked at the Ted Warren book, but they just kind of intuitively know about the idea of this bottom fishing, where you you will literally go where no one else goes. You'll look at the smallest, most obscure companies. And buy them when they're kind of they've been left for dead. Because this is the thing that I love about Walter Schloss is, you know, he would just sit and look through the the, the financials of these companies and just buy a big basket of of these stocks that were selling below book value. Right. But he'd look through he'd look through these lists of where the stocks were selling at three or five year lows. So he was finding these companies that were almost like he was looking at the price chart. He was saying, well, this company is it's, it's not been this low in five years. It's kind of been left for dead. And that was the time that he'd, you know, he'd start buying these companies, and he did very well for himself. Yeah. Well, very interesting, David. It's always a pleasure to have you on, and uh, hope to see you again soon. Thanks for having me on, Eric. You got it. Thank you for listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast with Eric Schlein. If you'd like to connect with Eric for questions, comments, feedback, ideas, or to inquire about being on the show, please contact Eric at intelligentinvesting at gmail.com. So, in the words of Charlie Munger, I have nothing to add.